0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petropolis, here with the only... What the what? Huh? Jason is not here today. It is only Michael. Jason is under the weather. We have quarantined him away, and me and Michael are coming to you straight over the magic of satellite telephone. Michael, what's good?
1: Jason, come back.
0: We have a really special uh, episode for you today. We are grading the young quarterbacks. So we have a very special guest from Pro Football Focus. Uh, His name is Brendan Leister, and he is going to break down all the incoming quarterbacks quarterbacks in this year's draft and michael and i are going to start the episode by looking and grading all of the second and third year quarterbacks fantasy wise not in real life fantasy wise going into next year and we're going to tell them whether we think they're going to improve or digress let's not wait any longer because just like when you're a kid and you're waiting for your report card the anticipation is killing me the brodo fantasy football Feeling podcast begins no now so michael what are we even gonna do without jason like i th- we've done it one time before and True. it went well and i i you know what Fuck jason we don't need jason yeah i don't even know and who that jason guy you're not here get out of here not my uh, brother we're gonna miss jason today but we'll try and hold down the floor without him um so Let's get right into it. We are again we are going to have a pro football focus a- uh, analyst on the show later today. If you want to find Michael on any social media, you can find him at Mike underscore Also, you can find me at Tim Petrapp on all social media outlets. And uh, if you want to follow the show, BrotoFantasy.com for everything, Brodo, Broto BrotoFF.com for a short period of time as well. And not only that, you can get us on YouTube, you can get us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Um, today, what we're going to do, uh, part of our offseason, is start with the thing that everyone wants to know about, the quarterbacks, right? Everything That's starts quarterback. with the quarterback. Uh, every offense starts with quarterback and ends with quarterback. So there are 10 young quarterbacks in the league that are either in their second or third year. Now, Michael is going to give them a grade. And, four of course, Oh, who's in there? For- oh, oh yeah, you're ones. right. We got we also got two fourth year guys that we're gonna we're gonna dabble into as well. So all the young quarterbacks that have been in the, in the league for less than four years, and then Brendan Leister, Leister, excuse me, is going to come on to talk about Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, Drew Lock, and the rest of the class that is coming into the NFL and what kind of fantasy impact they could have. Michael, you ready? Oh,
1: I was born ready.
0: All right. So just like a kid. Waiting for his report card. Let's get to Hayton Michael with the first one. Baker Mayfield. Look, I already know what Michael's gonna say. This is this is Michael's guy, but he finished QB 16 after taking over for the starting world in week three. Uh, saw his numbers go up drastically after Hugh Jackson was fired. Now Freddie Kitchens is, a, is the new head coach. He's a Baker guy. He went from quarterback coach to offensive coordinator to head coach in less than th- for then four months. Excuse me. They hired Todd Modkin, who was the Bucks OC last year, also a Michael and Jason guy. So Michael's favorite quarterback and his favorite offensive coordinator, and one of his favorite head coaches. I think you can tell what Michael's going to do here. But just for shits and giggles, Michael, what grade do you give Baker Mayfield this season?
1: I mean, I wish we were uh, putting out a video today so everyone could see the smirk on my face when you decided to start with Baker Mayfield. But honestly, I don't know how you could not, but I'm giving Baker Mayfield an A, bro. We're giving him an A. When it comes to rookie quarterbacks, hardly ever do they really cement themselves as... Uh, forces in the fantasy field, but Mayfield did just that in his in the second half of the season last year when I counted most. And uh, we saw 27 touchdowns he threw last year that's the a rookie record despite him not making a start till week four. We already discussed Freddie Kitchens and Co. When he took over as the OC, the the offense started to boom as the for some reason the defense started to decline. It was it was a very two way road for the. Browns last year is either their defense or offense on it was never at the same time and they they have Landry who they're bringing back again they have uh what's his face Antonio Callaway who is who is nice who we're expecting to take a nice step up going into next year as well Nick Chubb who's already one of the best running backs in the league I I give him an A for this year and honestly the way we've seen it recently with uh second year quarterbacks Carson Wentz we saw basically more than double his production his second year. Same as Goff. Deshaun Watson produced more than he did. Patrick Mahomes, he didn't play his first year, but his second year was absolutely spectacular. So I don't see why Baker Mayfield can't at least one and a half times his rookie year into his second year and throw over 30 touchdowns and stay under 15 interceptions. So I think he's a shoe in QB1 going into next season. I'm very bullish on Baker Mayfield.
0: Yeah, that's a definite QB one. I, I'm going to have to give him a B for this season just because it was up and down. He did have his games where he scored 13 points. He had one, two, three, four, five games with th- uh, 15 points or less, which are games where if you're getting 15 points from your quarterback, that's a real killer. And one big misconception because the fantasy world likes to talk about how QBs shouldn't be drafted high. And if you're a new guy just starting out and you haven't played a lot, You might not know that QBs, just because you don't draft them high in your draft, does not mean they do not hold high value in fantasy. They're still going to probably be your high scorer every week, unless you have one of the big five running backs. So if you are drafting a guy like Baker and you expect him to take a big step up, I mean, that's something you have to consider because uh, Baker Mayfield, again, is in that quarterback position and quarterback – is such a valuable position even though you don't draft it as such uh yeah so i'm gonna give him a B, and I, I i do like his new situation i think that they're gonna open it up they're becoming more uh modern with their offenses um yeah so baker mayfield gets a B for me but michael i don't know a is, is, is there's not much improvement over that except a plus so michael has is, is he's, he's gonna be an a plus next season michael's big on baker uh let's go down the line to the second quarterback drafted in this draft um sam darnold um Obviously with our New York jets, look, he's 19 years old. Well, 20 years old now, but he was 19 when he first started and he looked every bit of 19 years old. At some times he did flash greatness, uh, particularly, uh, against the Colts. He put up astonishing numbers. Uh, he also had a lot of major struggles though. Uh, he had a game where he threw three interceptions, Um uh, so he definitely had his ups and downs, but the game did seem to slow down for him as the year went on. After missing three games with an injury, and then following that with an absolute clunker, the last two games of the season, he was a quarterback one, and he looked the part of a quarterback one. Now the Jets have a ton of cap space; they have a brand new offensive system. Adam Gase coming in to to imply. I'm sorry. Apply his offensive system. He says he's looking forward to, to playing with Darnold. Darnold, excuse me. So, Michael, what is your grade for Sam Darnold this season?
1: I, I'm giving Sam Darnold uh, a C plus for this. You no, know, uh,
0: me too. Me too. Nice.
1: You know he had four games under 12 points, and then four games 19 or higher, including the final two. If you trusted him in the semis and finals of your uh fantasy league, you are an absolute genius, and I want to be your friend.
0: Thank you. uh You can be my friend, Michael.
1: I will never be friends with him, but he also missed three games with injury. He was also very inconsistent. So that's why he was never really a viable QB one. So that's why I'm not giving him much love here, but he did put up four games with 19 points or higher going into next season though. I think it's all about consistency for him. It's that's what it's going to, that's the key word for Sam Darnold. He's going to need, he had some throw some games where he was absolutely atrocious throwing the ball straight to the chest of defenders and then he had games where he was unstoppable, like against Green Bay in week 16, where he was just pinpointing every pass and the defense didn't know what to do about him. And then one week he looked overwhelmed in the pocket where he'd go down with no one even near him. And then the next week he'd control a pocket, roll out and hit someone with a beautiful touchdown pass, a la Houston on the run, hitting Robbie Anderson in the end zone. So it's all about consistency for Sam Darnold. He got Adam Gase coming in, who Jason knows he is a uh, true throw value darling. Where he provided top 10 true throw value numbers for Ryan Tannehill, despite Ryan Tannehill, basically all of us agree that he's not a great NFL quarterback. So I think he could do wonders with Sam Darnold if Sam Darnold takes a step up, which I think he has a good shot of a good chance of doing this year. He went 17 touchdowns, 17 intels last year. So obviously he needs to take the intos down and bring the touchdowns up and just be more consistent. But I think it's a signs are pointing up
0: for Sam Darnold. I agree. Uh, I think you saw what you needed to see out of him last year. Now, you got to also remember, terrible offensive line. Robbie Anderson is your number one wide receiver. You really don't have any other options to speak of. Quincy Nunwa in and out, always hurt. Um, Jermaine Curse is Jermaine Curse. The running back situation, you know, Bilal Powell went down early. Elijah McGuire, Isaiah Crowell. These are not players who are going to make plays for you. So considering that it was all on his shoulders and – he got to get better, which is what you want to see. I think it's a major win for Sam Darnold. And I think he's going to have a big year next year, but we'll, we'll see about that. Obviously I'm a little biased. I'm a Jets fan. Um, so let's move on to the next quarterback. So the, I, I was going to go in draft order, but I want to, I want to put Josh Allen and, and Lamar Jackson kind of back to back. Cause we're going to be talking about kind of the same thing with them. So let's go straight to Josh Rosen. Now, a lot of people know that Josh Rosen was not a fantasy startable asset ever. Um, if you were starting Josh Rosen, it's because you were in a two-quarterback lead and you were desperate. Uh, he, but at the same time, he did suck, sure. Uh, Chase Daniel, Joe Flacco, Colt McCoy, Blake Bortles, and Jeff Driscoll all had higher true throw values uh, than than uh, Josh Rosen. And by the way, if you're wondering what true throw values are, check out BrodoFantasy.com. That is a stat that we invented um, Jason was the mastermind behind the stat and it basically shows you the value of a quarterback's throw in terms of fantasy, not in terms of reality. So, uh, Josh Rosen is one of those guys that every time you drop back to pass, um, you did not get many fantasy points out of him, but at the same time, he threw the most passes in the tight windows of anyone in the league this year, nearly 22%. Uh, you got Cliff Kingsbury coming in. He's, he's known for high flying offenses. Um, the Cardinals getting over the Steve Wilkes administration. They had the highest numbers of runs between the tackles, which is just ancient football. So with that being said, uh, what do you see for Josh Rosen coming into next year? I think a lot of question marks, but if they hit, I mean, this you could be looking at a major, major improvement.
1: Well, firstly, I'm sorry to Josh Rosen, but he's going to get my first failing grade of, the, uh, of this report card. Giving him an F? I'm giving him an F. He had uh, one game all season over 15 and a half fantasy points and eight games in single digits, which is absolutely atrocious for a quarterback to have eight games in single digits. It's, it's honestly harder to end with single digit fantasy points than double digit fantasy points. (laughs) And Josh Rosen, he was the one that many analysts, countless analysts, not me. I was on the Baker train. Of course, everyone knows that by now said he was the most QB ready uh, NFL QB ready. And he came into the league and he did not play the part. He threw for under twenty three hundred yards, only eleven touchdowns and fourteen interceptions on the season. He looked uh, rattled in the pocket. He just he would miss throws. I know he had a very bad supporting cast. That's the first thing everything everybody is going to go to. But he, the whole point of bringing Cliff Kingsbury in is to try to spark the offense this coming season. It's a risky move bringing in a first year head coach but they're going to try to get the offense rolling. I don't know how successful Josh Rosen is going to be. I think it's a very telling year. I'm not a big fan of Josh Rosen. I I was never really a big fan of his. I think it's going to be a very telling year this year for Josh Rosen if he's able to take a
0: step up. So we'll see, bro. We'll see. All right, so let's move on to the next two quarterbacks. Uh, we're going to group these guys together. I, I, we'll go one at a time, but let's start with Josh Allen since he was um, – Drafted higher, although his impact is arguably less. Uh, Josh Allen, now, obviously, he became a running quarterback. In the beginning of the year, he put up totals like three and five when he was asked to be a pocket passer this is not what he needs to do now once they decided after the bye week in week 11 that hey they're gonna let this guy run wild because he's an athletic freak he went apeshit he ended the year with 631 rushing yards on 89 attempts that's seven yards per carry if you were wondering and eight tds the majority of that again came after that bye week in week 11 On the other hand, though, in the pocket, he had the lowest QB rating of any passer in the league with a clean pocket last season. He held the ball for 3.2 seconds per passing attempt, which is the longest in the league. But on the other side, they just brought in Ken Dorsey as quarterback coach. The last time Ken Dorsey coached, it was with Cam Newton. And Cam has said in the past that Dorsey was a lot of the reason for his success, especially during his MVP season in 2015. So, um... Michael, do you think that that Ken Dorsey addition will make will help also the the bills basically have that same staff locked in what do you see for Josh Allen going forward?
1: so for last season I'm gonna give Josh Allen a B minus I was on the fence between a C plus and a B minus but I'm giving him the B minus because he did have productive games uh he had one two three four five four games over 20 points and a game with 19.75. I gave him the B-minus, though, because four of the last five weeks, he was QB1 worthy, so that bumps up his status. But like you said, Josh Allen only threw for 2,074 yards last season, 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, a 67.9 passer rating, which is very bleh no matter which way you look at it. But like you said, 631 rushing yards and eight touchdowns, including back-to-back 100 rushing yard games, which is just quite absurd if you ask me for a quarterback. But honestly, by any grading system or just by the naked eye, you can see Josh Allen needs a lot of work throwing the ball out of the pocket. You're gonna need to set his feet. Uh, he's gonna need to learn how to set his feet and stop air mailing throws and just get the mechanics down to be an NFL QB. But luckily for fantasy owners, he's not graded fantasy wise only by his throws. He uses his legs as well. So if he is, uh, if they plan to employ his running status like he was the last few games this year. I think he'll be a streamable quarterback every week. I don't see him being an every-week QB1. He had plenty of games where he was outside the top 24 last season, so you don't want to get stuck with that. So I think he will be streamable. Uh, like you said, Ken Dorsey is interesting because he worked with Cam Newton. I don't know if they're the, they're not the same guy. Cam Newton, I think, is more talented. but
0: I, th- I think that if there's anyone in the league that you can compare early Cam Newton to, I think if you're going to look at the ability to run plus the inaccuracy plus the Ridiculous arm strength. I think Cam Newton had all those qualities. Now, was Cam Newton a better player at the time? I think so, but at the same time, he, he did have all those qualities.
1: I agree. I agree, but uh, I do think Allen has more work to do than Cam did. So I mean, we'll see. But I would, I don't see him being a weekly startable, viable QB one.
0: Uh, let's go over to the uh, another guy who got most of his production on the ground. In fact, sixty-one percent of his total fantasy output came on rushing numbers from the quarterback position. Uh, That was obviously Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson had an all right year. He was constantly around that 18-point mark. Never disappointed you because he never went under 16, but never went over 22. So he never won a week for you, but never really lost a week for you if you were streaming him. Obviously, like I said, did most of his damage with his legs. The question is, can he be as effective now that teams are kind of prepared for what he brings? Or did the Chargers kind of expose him? You saw in the playoffs, they were the first team ever to see him two in a row, and they shut him down absolutely completely. So what do you think about Lamar Jackson this season? And then what do you think about Lamar Jackson going into next season um, where he is going to be the starter all year and people will have time to scout him out and and time to game plan for him?
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm giving, uh, I'm giving Lamar Jackson a C grade for this past season. He – C-minus maybe, just because he wasn't a starter all the all the way. And then once he became a star in week 11, like you said, he was very mediocre. Like he was between quarterbacks 10 and like 18 every week. So you could put him in there if you wanted a safe floor. But honestly, this, Lamar Jackson, he's quite the anomaly. He He's unlike any real quarterback in the NFL as of today. He's clearly a running guy. Uh, or, or, well, that's how they're employing him as. I've never seen an offense take quite – a 180 turn as the Ravens offense did with a uh, goal from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson. And now Greg Roman has been named the offensive coordinator and he was the one who was helping run that Lamar Jackson offense. So it, I expect him to continue being a run first guy. He only threw for six touchdowns last season and 1200 yards. And then he ran for just under 705 rushing touchdowns, which is RB three fringe numbers there, honestly from a quarterback. So it's, He is someone who I expect to be right around the QB 10 to 18 range on most weeks. Uh, He's probably more trustworthy than Josh Allen, but he doesn't have quite the boom potential as Josh Allen. So these are two guys who, if I owned them both, it would be, I think they're a nice uh, nice couple of young QBs to flip and flop
0: on depending on schedule fantasy-wise. Um, let's move over to our second year quarterbacks. That was the quarterbacks for the rookie class. So now let's move on to our second year quarterbacks. Cause there's three of them in this class. And then there's two of them in the class before, um, this class though, really, I think stepped up this season. Let's start with Pat Mahomes because he was the guy that lit the entire world on fire. You don't really need to say, if you don't give Pat Mahomes an A for the most, uh, fantasy points in the history of fantasy, then who gets an A plus? Yeah, so my notes for Patrick Mahomes. This is exactly what I wrote. I mean,
1: I don't see any scenario where he's not the QB one next season, taken. And honestly, why wouldn't you take him number one? (laughs) Yeah, I (laughs) I don't think there's much to say about Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he absolutely lit the world on fire. He's gonna have the same weapons, minus Kareem Hunt, but their offense didn't take. Well, didn't even hiccup minus Kareem Hunt. So I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes season. Patrick Mahomes.
0: Pat Mahomes is going to be like um, like Aaron Rodgers. Like the rest of the quarterbacks that you talk about them and you say, where would you take them fifth round, seventh round? Do you wait till the ninth, tenth round? Do you really wait and go to the 16th round or so? Patrick Mahomes is going to be like, do you take him in the first round? Agreed. And if you don't take him in the first round, who's going to take him in the second round for sure? He's the I- new Aaron Rodgers. I'm not taking him in the first round.
1: Maybe we could consider late second, but I'm not a I'm not an early QB guy, so I I'm probably not going to have any Patrick Mahomes share going into next season unless he drops like the fourth round or something. No way. Yeah, no way.
0: <laughs> I can tell you that right now. No way. Um, in super
1: flex leagues, though, he's my uh, 101 for sure. True,
0: and or in two quarterback leagues. I see, well, super first, flex is basically yeah, yeah. two quarterback leagues, but yeah. All right, wish it, nish All right. Oh, right? uh, sorry. All right. Sorry, I didn't know you
1: were talking about the Nash-Nash.
0: Nash-Nash. Don't talk about the Nash-Nash like that, all right? All right. <laughs> Let's go to our second guy, uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, Watson. Listen, I think the first thing you got to do and say about him is he stayed on the field for a full season. He was healthy. And that has to be the biggest sign of progress for him. And that has to be the biggest... Uh, look forward, hey, this guy's obviously talented. Can he stay on the field? He can stay on the field. So this is now someone you're like, oh, shit. Uh, he's he's someone that we have to consider at the top five quarterback every single year. Um, stayed on the field, like I said. Got But he, there was some negatives. He got sacked more times than any other QB in the league. So there's room for improvement. His offensive line sucks, and he still had 26 touchdowns in the air, five on the ground, finished as quarterback five. I think Watson is only going to improve from here. And I think that he's another guy that you're going to have to take early if you're going to have any shares of him going forward.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm giving Deshaun Watson a B-plus for his fantasy season this year. I didn't give him an A-minus because he was drafted as a QB1, and he had a few too many down games for my liking. So that's why he doesn't get the A status. But, yeah, he went from his rookie season, uh, his going – 1,700 yards, 19 touchdowns, and eight intos, which is super efficient, kind of like burst onto the scene. He backed it up pretty nicely this year with over 4,000 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, and nine intos, despite a bad running game, a hurt Will Fuller, a league-worst offensive line, and like you said, pretty sneakily ran for 550 rushing yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. He was only behind Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen in rushing yards and only behind Josh Allen in touchdowns tied with Lamar Jackson. I mean, if you're getting a top three Russian quarterback with what he's able to do through the air, to have a multi-threat quarterback who's this talented throwing as he is running, I mean, sign me up. He's basically the – the like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are the light version of Deshaun Watson. And you got to expect them to beef up their offensive line this offseason, which is obviously a positive for Deshaun Watson. So I think he's going to be a – he definitely has the tools and ability to be a top five QB going into next season.
0: And let's not remember, he got, let's not forget, excuse me, he got sacked 62 times. Yeah. 62 times last year. That's worst. That's four sacks a game. His offensive line was so bad. So bad. And that's just the sacks. It's not the pressures. This guy was constantly pressured, constantly making plays. He looked a lot like a taller Russell Wilson from a a few years back.
1: He does need to hold the ball less. He does hold the ball too much. Here and then, but he, as I said, he's still a young QB. So,
0: uh, yeah, and you know, it's it's hard it's hard not to hold that ball when you're the only playmaker on the squad besides the guy you're throwing to. Hey, yeah, Nuke. So let's move on to our last quarterback from this draft. One of my favorites, a guy that I want all the shares of, because and, and Michael's already laughing, so I know what he's gonna say. I Again. want all the shares of. I don't know how you are even gonna talk crap about him, uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Look, he improved in every single snap. I, I'm sorry, every single pist- stat, not snap, last season, despite the fact he had no real number one weapon. Um, he had only the 20th most yards per catch, uh, yards after catch this season by receiver. So he was doing most of his damage all by himself. Ben Roethlisberger, by the way, doubled that. He was a monster on the ground. He was the fourth best quarterback on the ground. When games were late and close, he got better. 70% of his passes were completed. Um, now, the coaching staff is in place, so you're going to basically expect the same thing. And the Bears, they spend a lot of money. They don't have a lot of draft picks because of Khalil Mack. So they're probably going to come with the same suspects. So with that being said, what is your grade for Mr. Trubisky this s- season? And going forward, how do you feel about Mitch?
1: I mean, Mitch Trubisky had seven games under 17 points, and he had the bye week, and he missed two weeks. So seven of 13 games where he was not a QB1. So he he wasn't that great. He did have big boom games. Giant had, boom games. Yeah, I'm giving Mitch a B just because of the giant boom games. All right, I'll take it. Just because it's fantasy. All right, he did have 420 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns in real life. I'd probably be giving him a D. Everyone knows I'm not a really? All right, all
0: right. Just just so you know, just I want you to know this. He had a 95 quarterback rating, and his QBR, which is the ESPN stat where that takes into account like clutch and stuff, he was the fourth best quarterback in QBR this year. So before you give him a, 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 a D minus and blah, 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 a D, not a D he, minus. No, no, all right, I'm relax. Before you give him the D, you better wine him and dine him because he deserves it.
1: Listen, I'm obviously I'm still not sold so on him as a passer. I think he has a lot of work to do. He would struggle uh, when he the ball had to be put in his hands. They played the Bears played a defensive running game, and he he couldn't be the leader, which is why they couldn't beat the Eagles.
0: Uh, geez, crazy, yeah. So, he didn't he didn't set them up with two gorgeous passes to get into a for, for a forty one yard field goal for the win. That didn't happen. Nah. If Tom Brady did that, no, he'd be the goat though.
1: Tom, don't don't talk bad about Tom I'm, Brady. I'm
0: not. I'm just saying, like, if Tom Brady came back, like. How many times in Tom Brady's career did he come back to set up Adam Vinatieri for a field goal? Well, he's the goal, but Cody Parky can't hit, so, so Mr. Trubisky sucks, right? All, right. Damn, cool. yeah, I get all I'm well, saying, cool, cool,
1: cool. all I'm saying, Tim, <laughs> is that you can have all the Mr. Trubisky shares because <laughs> I'm not going to be drafting him next
0: season. Alright, that sounds good to me. Um, let's go over to the third-year quarterbacks. Um, two guys that the, in the beginning of the year, the the prospects of them were a little higher than they were right now. Uh, let's start with one guy that is one of the more confusing situations, Carson Wentz. Uh, two years ago, he was the league MVP up until his, his him getting hurt. Uh, Nick Foles, obviously, you know what happened, comes in, wins the Super Bowl. This year, comes in, Eagles are losing. He's not playing very well. He's not a good fantasy quarterback or a good real-life quarterback. Then he goes out again because he's hurt. Nick Foles takes him to the playoffs, and the Eagles just picked up Nick Foles' option for $20 million. So you have to start thinking, like, yeah, the Eagles might just want to trade him, or are they going to have a $20 million backup quarterback, which means, hey, Carson, you better produce or else you're gone. Um, What's Carson's grade for this season, which is, you know, know, skewed a little bit. And more, more importantly, what do you look for from him going into next season?
1: It's certainly skewed. Because, like you said, he uh he got hurt and it just the the whole eagle season. But honestly, I'm gonna give him like a C plus. Really, because of the injury and he just he I I didn't think he was really the same guy as he was the last couple of years. I think C plus is being a little harsh. Maybe a B minus. But he did have some rough games, and you expect a guy because Carson once was drafted as a top five QB. You expect him to produce that way. So The harsh grading is more so because of his ADP. But uh once is hard for me because he was a guy that I wasn't really a big fan of coming out and uh he didn't have a great rookie season, then he had a tremendous rookie uh second year where he made me look stupid and they won the Super Bowl, not on his back, but obviously he had a lot to do with it. And then last year he he looked good, but he wasn't as great as his second year and the main thing that scares me are all these injuries. It's back-to-back years where he's been hurt. I believe he was hurt in college as well. Uh, don't quote me on that. I'm not certain. But he does have injury history. And like you said, Nick Foles. And don't forget, this is most important. Carson Wentz was drafted as an old rookie. He's going to turn 27 years old in December. So, I mean, that's like prime quarterback age. And he's still growing. Like Jared Goff is 24. Jared Carson Wentz is 26. It's a big big difference those 2 years. And you got guys like Sam Darnold who are only 21, 22, 20. Yeah, 20. So it's stuff like that you have to consider as well. Uh Carson Wentz, I expected to be I expect him to be a bit discounted going into the season because of the injuries. So he's not someone I'm completely staying away from. If he is there, I may consider taking him in the double digit rounds. But he's not someone I'm super excited about either.
0: Yeah. I think that if Carson Wentz is still there in the double digit rounds and you have a choice between putting Carson Wentz on your bench as your QB two or drafting like a fifth wide receiver, I think you go Carson Wentz. He, he, he has the ability to, to, to strike and really make a difference for your squad. Um, last guy we're going to talk about before welcoming on our special guest to talk about the incoming rookie class is Jared Goff. Now Jared Goff, two things stood out. Number one, when he plays a Cooper cup, he plays a lot more confident and he has better stats. Number two, when he plays at home, he's a lot more confident, has better stats. Uh, He had good games. He had bad games for the most part though. Finished high. I think he finished QB six overall. So had great weeks for you as a golf owner in one of my better leagues. I can tell you that when he was good, my team was good. When he was bad, my team kind of struggled. Now I also had Todd Gurley. So, you know, that was nice, but what do you think about Jared Goff going into next season? Do you think that this loss in the Super Bowl could have an effect on him? And do you think the Patriots expose something with McVay?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to give Jared Goff a, uh, a B-plus for this season. He had some great games. He had some down games. Overall, he was a QB1. So given him the B-plus, he was the ninth overall player on the season fantasy-wise. So we saw Jared Goff go from... This guy who looked like a deer in headlights, five touchdowns, seven in those with Jeff Fisher, and then took a huge step up with McVay going 28 and seven, and then this year 32 and 12, where he threw for more yards as well. But honestly, like you said, the Patriots bringing up, uh, locking him down. We saw the Lions lock him down. It just it seems like Jared Goff can't do it himself. Like he needs Sean McVay's offense to be working. Every time it's not working, it seems like he, he struggles. We saw that, especially it was nationally televised on, uh, on the Super Bowl where he looked like he didn't play quarterback a day in his life and he put up three points on the biggest stage possible. So it was it was quite a disappointing performance. Going into next season, though, I honestly don't see him progressing. I think he has a very similar season, if not slightly worse. Uh, Sean McVay is going to need to add some wrinkles into his offense as more teams study the recipe for success against him. And uh, I don't know how great Jared Goff is by himself, so I think he'll be similar, slightly worse, but I don't I don't see him really stepping up to it becoming an upper echelon QB.
0: All right. So that was our report cards for the season. Now we're going to get into our special guest. His name is Brendan Leister. He is an analyst for PFF. He is the assistant football coach at Avon high school. He's an analyst for Brown's film BDN. He's a writer for USA football, and he has experience coaching college QBs. He is the quarterback guru. We're going to ask him about what he thinks, about the the performances from the rookie quarterbacks this year and about the incoming rookie class. So without further ado, let's get to Mr. Brendan Leister. We are now joined by PFF's own Brendan Leister. He is an analyst at PFF. Like I said, he also analyzes Browns Film for at Browns Film BDN. He has experience coaching college uh, QBs. He's also a writer at USA Football. Brendan, thank you so much for
2: joining us. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. I'm looking forward to talking about some quarterback play.
0: Yeah, man. So it's it's the offseason and you know we got to have our fix. And the first thing we need to fix up is how are these quarterbacks going to perform next year? How did they perform this year? So before we get into all the quarterbacks that we already know about, let's get into some unknowns. Let's get into some of these guys in the draft this year. The first guy I want to talk to you about is Dwayne Haskins. He is the Ohio State quarterback, obviously. Uh, Fifty touchdowns last year in a very prolific offense. Um, a lot of people say that he is the number one rookie quarterback coming out uh what do you see out of Dwayne Haskins and do you think he could have success on the next level
2: yeah I'm a a big fan of his game uh he's definitely a prototypical pocket passer um really smooth throwing motion quick in his setup um he's accurate I think to all levels of the field um I've been really impressed with him when I've studied him uh I'm actually an Ohio State fan so I, I watched every game saw him constantly um I think my one question with him is probably how he deals with pressure. There were a lot of times where outside of structure, when the plays breaks down, he really had some struggles at times with making those plays You know, on the run, on the move, uh, when guys are around him in the pocket and he's uncomfortable. But from a clean pocket, I think he's, he's a very impressive player. He's obviously inexperienced also compared to some of these other guys. So there will be a learning curve there. But I think that he definitely projects as – you know, a top 10 type quarterback and teams in the top 10 that are looking for a quarterback should absolutely be interested in him because I think he, he has the ability to turn into a, you know, top half of the league quarterback and any team that has a guy like that can compete for Super Bowls down the road. What do you
0: think is the ideal situation for him right now? Like if you're Dwayne Haskins, who are you hoping to get drafted by in terms of, uh, fantasy success? Obviously if you're Dwayne Haskins, you're not thinking about fantasy success, but, um, in terms of well, who can give you the best chance to put up the most gaudy numbers, what team do you think is the place that he should end up in?
2: Yeah, I think if if he could go to the Giants and get an opportunity to start right away, that's a great situation. You have a talented running back that can can produce, obviously, in the pass game in a big way. Uh, arguably the best running back in the NFL, obviously, at least from a value standpoint because of what he brings in the pass game. And then you have, have Odell Beckham Jr. You've got Sterling Shepard. You've got um, – ingram the tight end so you've got a whole bunch of talented weapons in that offense so if you could insert him i think that would probably maybe year one you know he's going to have some struggles but i think you're going to see a lot of flashes that are even more impressive than what you saw from eli manning and and long term especially i think it would be a big upgrade
1: i also think he uh would probably be a good match of pat Shermer with the short to intermediate passing route for haskins like you said he was a good at those sorts of passes Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to move on to Kyler Murray now, who who's probably the biggest wild card of all the quarterbacks this season with uh, coming out this season with his possibly going to play baseball or is he going to join the NFL? But there's no denying his ability on the field with the way he's able to pass, with the way he was able to run. He threw for 42 touchdowns this year, uh, over 11 yards per attempt. But then you have people questioning his ability, if it's going to be able to translate to NFL level and, his size, of course, is a big question mark. So, how do you feel about Kyler Murray?
2: Um, I might actually like him even more than Haskins. Honestly, it's uh, it's tough. I'm I'm not as hard on quarterbacks when it comes to height and those things as other people are. And and when I studied him closely, I really was impressed with his ability to protect himself when he gets outside the pocket on the run. You'll really notice that he does a fantastic job of getting out of bounds when he's about to take a hit or just getting down and sliding. You know, his baseball background obviously helps with that. Um, but he he has really quick release, fantastic arm talent, um, like like Haskins does. But I think when the play breaks down, the difference is that Murray is electric. He can make those those amazing plays outside structures that Haskins isn't quite as good at. Um, and I also think that Murray was just a more consistent player throughout the season. Um, if you just look at the whole body of work, as well as what Murray can do on the ground obviously i mean he picked up a ton of rushing yards this past season i don't know the exact number off the top of my head but he brings extra added value in the in the running game where you can run read options and stuff with him Um, i would love to see him in in jacksonville Uh, i know that it's it's hard to say if they'll go that route that early you know they might love haskins more and it's such a risk with the baseball thing you don't know if he's really committed to football or not but but I, I think if he commits himself to football, he has a great chance to succeed. If a team molds their offense around what he does well and and uh, just builds it that way, kind of like the Browns, you know, I'm a Browns fan. And like what the Browns did this second half of the season with Baker Mayfield, I see a lot of similarities between those two guys with the way they get it done as pocket passers. So I like Kyler Murray. Uh,
0: who is Who would you say is your comparable to Kyler Murray in the league right now? And is there anyone that you can compare to him?
2: It's so tough because, you know, you don't really see guys. I mean, obviously, you don't see NFL quarterbacks that are 5'10", around there, and 180, 185 pounds. But, I mean, when I studied them, I did see a lot of similarities what, to what Mayfield did last year, just from the pocket. I mean, I know it's the same offense, and it's an easy thing to compare, but they're both undersized guys, and I think they both have similar ways of getting it done from the pocket. Um, obviously murray's a more dynamic athlete and and mayfield is way more experienced i think russell wilson's another one that obviously comes to mind it's just that wilson's so much thicker so there's not really a great comparison but i think you have to kind of take like a mix of a bunch of different guys if you're going to try to come up with a comparison because guys that size haven't really got opportunities to start in the nfl in the past uh
0: one guy that fits the size bill that's for sure this is probably the most uh you know prototypical, if you're going to build a quarterback uh, guy in the draft, Drew Locke, 6'4", 225. Uh, He's out of Missouri. How do you feel about Drew Locke? Not uh, so much talk about him coming into the draft, but a lot of buzz about the Broncos maybe taking a shot at him. Uh, I think they pick around 13. So what do you feel about Drew Locke and do you think that he could have success in the next level?
2: Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny. Cause like last year, I didn't think Josh Allen had any chance at all. Uh, and then he, he did some good things as a rookie. You know, he, he really struggled as a passer, but you know, he had the size and all that stuff. And I think that as a passer Locke is probably pretty similar to that, maybe even more polished than Josh Allen, if you're making a comparison. And, um, I think, you know, Locke is very inconsistent. He he's another guy that kind of struggles with pressure, especially, and he, he will do some things that amaze you, and then he's going to do some things that are just completely out of left field, and you're like, what is this guy doing? Um, I'm not sure if I would feel comfortable taking him in the first round, per se, as as my potential franchise quarterback, but I do have a feeling that a team's going to do it just because of the the arm talent that he has is undeniable. He's got an absolute cannon. He can throw it down the field. I mean, he can throw it with anybody, um, just like Josh Allen could, and I think he's going to make some of those splash plays down the field on the deep balls and those deep intermediate routes, um, on like deep crossers and stuff off play action, but then he's also going to throw some really bad interceptions and be very inconsistent overall. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of drew lock to this point, but, uh, you know, I do expect a team to take a chance on him. And as far as the Broncos, I think people are probably making a connection between other guys that Elway has drafted, you know, like Osweiler and Paxton Lynch. Those are both six foot seven guys that, like have all the prot- prototypical stuff. I think if Elway, if that's his type, then it makes sense to connect him to the Broncos. Uh,
1: with the, those three quarterbacks, uh, excuse me, sorry. With the other quarterbacks coming out, uh, guys like Daniel Jones, Will Greer, players of that caliber, there's a lot of mixed reviews because they all, they seem to have the potential, but then they they have plays where it's, you just scratch your head and then they have plays where you're like, oh wow, this guy looks like he could be an absolute stud. Is there anyone of that bunch who you think really stands out or someone you think maybe with a year or two to develop can have a, can grow into
2: a dynamic quarterback in the NFL? Um, Not, nobody really jumps off off, jumps out off the top of my head, but I think that Will Greer, you know, he he graded really well for us at Pro Football Focus consistently the past uh, few seasons. And from what I've seen from him, you know, he does a lot of things well. He's, Uh, generally accurate from a clean pocket and that tends to translate to the nfl um you know he's an inconsistent guy but i think if you get him in the right situation and put the right players around him maybe over time he could turn into like a a solid starting quarterback or a spot starter for a team but but um as far as like daniel jones and all those other guys uh, i don't see anybody that really strikes me as like a future star quarterback per se
0: so before we get into the guys that uh, we're going to ask about, I want to ask about one guy that a lot of people are saying, if he would have come out in this draft, he would have been the number one pick. Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Uh, have you had a chance to see Justin play? And what is your opinion on where he would have gone? Say he would have, uh, uh, what do you call it? Applied for the draft or declared De- for the draft. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Declared for the draft.
2: Yeah, early in the season I was really excited about him. I just thought that he was making a lot of big-time throws down the field and and showing some really impressive, you know, arm talent and and ball placement. Um just making, you know, it just seemed like he was elevating the whole Oregon team. It just seemed like he was kind of carrying them. And then as the season went on, I think he had he had a couple rougher games that kind of made people think not as highly of him and those types of things. And I also think that Maybe he was getting that first round pressure or, or top top number one pick pressure and stuff from people. He made a, he might have been listening to that and that might have impacted his uh, his confidence level level and stuff. But yeah, I, uh, I like Herbert. I think that his decision to go back to school was probably made pretty early on. And I think that's why we didn't hear as much hype about him as the season went on, as well as some of those rough games he had. And um, I think he probably would have ended up going top 10 in this class. I mean, I already said that I think drew Locke's going to go up in that top 10 to 15 area. And if drew Locke does, I think Herbert absolutely should because, uh, or should have, I should say if he would have declared, because he's a very talented player. And in spite of a few bad, bad performances or subpar performances, I think he stacks up very well with, you know, Murray Haskins, guys like that. So, those are the guys that we don't
0: know about, but there are a couple of guys that came out last year, five guys to, in particular that we do know about. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Now, you do break down uh, Brown's video. You're a Brown's fan, self-professed, and uh, you, you said you were a Ohio State fan, but you are obviously in the uh, the game of breaking down college quarterbacks. So Baker Mayfield was Michael's highest-rated rookie quarterback, highest-rated quarterback of any of the quarterbacks we rated at an a this season. So first you agree with that rating for Michael. And if you don't, what is the things that he has to improve on going into next season? And what are some things that he did that make you go, wow, this guy's the real deal.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. A rating. Uh, He had a fantastic season, especially the second half of the season. I think the first half was very up and down before they fired Hugh Jackson before Freddie Kitchens took over the offense. But once they started to really adapt what they do to what he does, well, that was when his performances really took off. Um, one of the biggest things, were, like, he had the one of the highest big-time throw percentages in the NFL, which we we have certain guys that work for P- PFF that look at, like, big-time throws down the field that have great ball placement and just really tough throws. And I think he was really high on that list amongst quarterbacks in the NFL, Um That's the biggest thing that stands out with him. But I think he also elevated his offensive line as the year went on uh, by, you know, pocket presence, getting out of the pocket, extending the play on the edge, creating big plays down the field on scramble drills. Um, He just really elevated that team, not to mention all the stuff that he brings to the table. Um, I would say like in the locker room and as a person, he just, he's the type of person that like elevates players around him. He just has that charisma that I know it's, It's a weird thing. It's a hard thing to quantify, but I think Baker Mayfield has all those things. And he's also just an accurate quarterback in general. So yeah, you saw all those things this past season. I think going into next season, um, my biggest concern, I guess, is just when teams start to get more pressure on him, how is he going to respond to that? Because they did a great job of helping the offensive line and giving him clean pockets to move up into. And, And he did show good pocket presence at times and extend those plays, like I mentioned. But I think that that's still a question that I have is when a team's consistently getting pressure on him, how's he going to deal with it? Is he going to still be able to beat them from the pocket? Um, but moving forward, I'm I'm really confident, you know, in the Browns' chances. And I think they have a franchise quarterback now, and and it's exciting times to be a Browns fan. Yeah,
1: I agree. We have a, a true throw value, which is a statistic we created at Broto Fantasy, where uh, Baker Mayfield came in as a 12th overall QB, and it just kept getting – Higher and higher as the season went on as he started getting more and more comfortable in the Freddie Kitchens offense. So you could really see him taking a step up. And I really love Baker Mayfield, man. I'm with you. I think he's going to be an absolute stud for years. Another rookie quarterback, Sam, well, previously rookie quarterback, Sam Darnold. This one, uh, me and Tim are bullish on because we are Jets fans. So we have to be a little biased there. He had flashes of brilliance, flashes of, oh, my goodness gracious, what is this guy doing? How do you, what do you think of Sam Darnold and do you think Adam Gase is a good fit for him?
2: Yeah. So actually going into last year's draft, I, uh, Darnold was my top quarterback in that class. I wanted the Browns to take him. Uh, I, I loved him. I, I really went out of my way to kind of make that known to people, you know, on Twitter, online, whatever, and kind of the football community on there. Um, I, I love the the things he do outside on the playground and the creativity that he shows in the pocket, evading pressure, being able to throw off platform and those things. I think he has some really unique abilities when it comes to that stuff. Um, The biggest thing I would say is continuing to surround him with talented players because they don't have a ton of talent on that offense right now. And they don't have a lot of consistent players either. Like they have guys that that will flash here and there, but down to down, I think he – didn't have a lot of guys he could count on consistently. So that's probably the biggest thing moving forward for them. Um, As far as Adam Gase, I would have loved to see him take a step back maybe for a year and kind of learn from his mistakes he made in Miami and the things that happened there. Because I think that's when it typically works out better for these coaches that are retreads is whenever they have some time to sit back and learn. Um, I think him going straight from Miami to New York, that might be tough, but, but hopefully he can get the job done. Um, I, I don't have a strong opinion on him being like the right guy for Darnold, so to speak, but I really hope that he just adapts what he does to what Darnold's skill set is. I think Darnold is masterful with quick game. Like that was one of the biggest things he was great at doing at USC, throwing RPOs, um, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. And then when, like I said before, just when he holds the ball, he's just great at making things happen and, and making those special plays that very few guys can make. So I'm still a big fan of Sam Darnold and I know that there was a stretch near the end of the season after he came back from that injury where he had one of the highest PFF grades amongst all quarterbacks. I think he had a top four or five grades. So, you know, the first part of the season up until he got injured, he obviously had a lot of struggles, but he's also, I think, one of the youngest starting rookie quarterbacks ever. He might've been the youngest ever, I believe. So um, that was kind of to be expected, but yeah, I, I feel good about Darnold's future. I just hope that Gase I hope Gase does good things for him because I think he obviously has a world of talent. On the other side of the spectrum
0: now, after two rookie quarterbacks that basically impressed, is a rookie quarterback that was one of the worst rookie quarterbacks uh, in the league. and Well, one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, the worst rookie quarterback in the league. That was Josh Rosen. Um, He had, like we said, true throw value, something that we invented over at Brodo, and it basically uh, gives a... A uh, value to every throw a quarterback makes in terms of points uh that they get per throw now some guys that were ranked higher in true throw value chase daniel joe flacco colt mccoy brett blake bortles and jeff driscoll uh were all higher than josh rosen so he had a terrible year but a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that look he didn't have a lot of talent threw into tight windows more than anybody else um his coaching staff ran up the middle more than any other coaching staff in the league, but now he gets Cliff Kingsbury in that high-powered offense. Um, what is the ceiling for Josh Rosen with Cliff Kingsbury? I think there's a lot of question marks in Arizona, but a lot of positive at, a positive attitude about what's going on.
2: Yeah, I liked Josh Rosen coming out in the draft. Um, I was one of the few I feel like that did think he was going to have struggles coming in. You know, there was a lot of talk about him being the most NFL ready. And he was just going to step in immediately and be so successful. And, and I never felt that way because I think to have success early, you like, it's so hard to get it done consistently from the pocket as a rookie quarterback, you're going in there and and your only way to beat the defense is with your mind and with your arm, where if you can get out of the pocket on scramble drills and extend plays with your legs, you have such a, uh, an advantage on other guys kind of, I I think back to Wentz versus Goff as rookies. Wentz had a solid rookie year. He was able to extend plays with his feet. Goff, when he didn't know what he was doing necessarily, when the defense had him confused, he was forced to either take a sack or throw into traffic. And I think that's something we saw with Josh Rosen last year. He doesn't have the legs like a Darnold, an Allen, a, uh, a Mayfield, and even a Lamar Jackson, where when they're in trouble, they can escape. With Josh Rosen he can't escape. He takes the sack or he throws into traffic. And that's, I think that's probably the biggest thing that was holding him back this past season, as well as the situation, like you mentioned, obviously poor offensive line, uh, very little talent around him. And the coaching situation was clearly questionable at best um, with Kingsbury. I think you just have to hope that he kind of creates a situation like they've created in LA with golf and, you know, run a ton of play action and, get playmakers around him and i think i think he's pretty similar to jared goff honestly i like both guys similar amounts coming out of college and um i think that's kind of just the setup you have to to put around him is run a lot of play action get him open throws down the field and obviously he's a talented passer and i think he can become you know top half of the nfl quarterback if you surround him with the, that stuff so i am excited about kingsbury with him i just hope that kingsbury is able to um you know just be a good head coach and not just a good offensive coordinator if that makes sense
1: yep uh before we end it we're gonna ask you about one more guy going into the th- quarterbacks who are going into their third year we know about mahomes being an absolute monster uh deshaun watson i guess it's generally considered that he's a very solid qb i think the biggest wild card is though is mitch trubisky me and tim are we've had so many uh just nonstop, just arguing over Mitch Trubisky because he's a big fan of his. I don't really like him at all. So where do you stand on the spectrum? Because it seems to me like nobody really feels eh about Mitch Trubisky. People either love him or people either hate him. So where are you on the spectrum for Mitch Trubisky? I'm actually more
2: more eh on him, honestly. <laughs> That's the way you put it. Um I wasn't the biggest fan of his coming out of college. I just never felt like he really elevated his team during that year where he started. There was just so many times where he would like, he would show really impressive flashes and then he would just show some really boneheaded turnover worthy plays. Um, And I think he's still been that guy in the NFL where when teams uh, you know, when they disguise coverage, he, he just really struggles from pre snap to post snap to like adjust on the fly. I know that he, he was near the top of the league. He might have been at the top and turnover-worthy plays, which is something that we keep track of at Pro Football Focus, um, you know. So that just means that if teams would have picked the ball off when he threw to them more often, then obviously his passer rating would have suffered much more and that that stuff. Um, obviously, he does good things with his legs. He's a great athlete, and and he does show those flashes here and there that get people super excited about him. But I just think that he's more like a. Um, you know, just a middle of the road to below average quarterback right now, rather than being like a top half of the league. And and I think he's really, you know, the reason kind of that the Bears weren't like, I mean, they were a good team. Obviously, they had a good defense this year and, you know, they have a lot of pieces around him. But I think they could have had a great chance to win the Super Bowl this year if he was even a. If he was even as good as like Jared Goff, for example, if he was the top half of the NFL quarterback, I think they would have had a great chance to win the Super Bowl this year. So um, that's kind of my take on him. I I don't love him. I don't hate him, but I think he's uh, he's an OK starter and and you can win a lot of games with him. I just hope that he continues to become more consistent and really work on those fine details of his craft.
0: Brendan Leicester, thank you so much uh, for joining us. As our mm-hmm. listeners know, this guest segment is called the Real Recognized Real segment because there's so many people out here doing what is being done right now with looking at the football stats and talking about fantasy. And you have to separate the real from the fake. And we only have the people on that are real. So we want your, our fans to connect with you. So if they want to connect with you, where could they find you?
2: Yeah. So to connect with me, definitely the best place is on Twitter and you can find me at Brendan Leister. So, um, yeah, just reach out to me on there. I, I reply to people a ton I I don't really ignore people much. So yeah, just hit me up, ask questions. We'll talk ball. I love to talk football. So just hit me up anytime.
0: All right. Thank you again so much for joining us. Uh, let's hope that next year brings good things for Baker Mayfield and, and for, uh, uh, sam darnold for both of us because we as jets and browns fans we need some good quarterback play in our lives man
2: <laughs> yeah amen to that man it, it, it was too long and i think both teams got it right so i'm really excited to see how both those guys do in year two uh thanks to both you guys for having me on i had a great time
0: yeah us too man thank you so much thanks thank
2: brendan you. Peace.
0: Yeah, thank you all right brendan leister man yo he was good it i was like a lot him. of fun. real recognize real bro gotta get him on again at some he point. knows exactly what he's talking about. Yo, PFF, for those of you who don't know, Pro Football Focus, great website uh to get your information from. Uh, they I love using them, particularly for offensive linemen, because I mean, look, we like to we like to give you guys breakdowns of players. And when it comes to running backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, we could see them and we can understand them. For offensive linemen, it's hard to understand like the intricacies that make one guy so much better than the other guy that's where pff comes in it's kind of like madden where they give you a player rating and that's and it changes from week to week and whatever he's doing in the year that's how good he is so i really like their their player ratings i really like their stuff so check him out on pro football focus and you could also check us out Brotoff.com or Brotofantasy.com for all of your fantasy football needs throughout the off season. Um, We are going to start releasing two episodes a week, people, in the off-season. That's right. We're ramping it up, baby.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: That's how we're doing it. Um, Also, YouTube.com slash Brodo Fantasy. You will be able to find episodes on YouTube upcoming shortly. Um, Some of the episodes that are in the past are going to show up there on that YouTube. uh, Without you even notice, it's going to be there. So go check it out. Keep your subscriptions on. Keep your notifications on. Uh, Michael, where can they find you if they want to talk to you?
1: Mike underscore Patro. For Jason, since he's not here, he actually just walked into the room and he's standing next to me. Say what At Jason Patrop. Oh, oh yeah.
0: Goes. Did you hear his voice? He's like, uh, Jason uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sick. Who's, who gets sick? Pussy. Right? <laughs> uh, actually, you can find me. This,
1: you, this thing I do where everyone finds it hilarious. So I'm going to let the world know so they can start doing it. When someone's coughing a lot or sneezing, just tell them to shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yo, shut up. Yo, Michael,
0: you're going to infuriate. You're going to make the world (laughs) infuriating. Um, You can find me at Drop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. At BrotoFantasy on Twitter, don't forget, we tweet back. I know during the year we're hot with the TDs after every uh, TD that scored, and we give you game day polls, and we do all these great things on Twitter. But in the offseason, we're still going to be just as active. So hit us. Hit us. Yeah. Until next time, for Michael, for the sick boy Jason, for myself, we out. Later.